you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Salve! Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Catholic Drive Time. It is a beautiful Wednesday morning over here in Houston. I don't know what it's like in your neck of the woods, but we are experiencing some pretty nice autumn weather here, and uh, it's wonderful to be here today. I'm filling in for Joe McLean. Please keep him in your prayers as well as his family. They are off on vacation. They're going up to New Hampshire where they have some even better autumn weather. They're going to go see the tail end of the, the fall colors there. We have a lot of really wonderful things to talk about today, and uh, this is the day we remember the memorial of the saints John de Brebeuf and Isaac Jogues, the priests and martyrs and companions, the North American martyrs otherwise uh, otherwise known. And they were heroic members of the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits, who were mort- martyred in North America in order to bring the faith that is necessary for salvation to the Huron, the Iroquois, and the Mohawk Indians. Uh, wonderful, wonderful saints today. Let's ask for their intercession. Let's remember them today and ask for their intercession on behalf of all priests, especially those who are most lukewarm. You know, we, it's sad to say, but we know a couple of those, right? So let's ask for their intercession on their behalf. They came out here and they just, they gave their whole lives to spread the faith. They They understood that Jesus, our blessed Lord, had to be brought to all nations and all peoples wonderful. Let's remember them today. Now, today on CDT, we're going to look at uh, how bad the coming food crisis is going to be. Charlie Rankin from Unasa TV joins us to give a rancher's perspective. It's going to be wonderful to have him on again. And the Pontifical Academy for Life. Are they using their influence well? We have another article coming out from a Catholic news agency that we're going to take a look at at 15 past the hour. Uh, Charlie's going to join us at uh, 635. So that's uh, 35 past the hour. And also, in our second hour, we're going to have David L. Gray. He's going to join us to discuss how society is working to affirm people in sin and godlessness. But uh, in in any case, I hope you're going to stick around for all or part of the show. And uh, we do have a special guest in the studio today. We have uh, the illustrious, the... (laughs) (laughs) I'm making him laugh now. The illustrious, the legendary, the, some would say, puppeteer, Puppeteer, I like that. Puppeteer. Yes, yes, Mr. absolutely. Jesus Robles, good morning. Good morning, good morning, CDT family. Please uh, pray for Joe as he's on a trip, and pray for me that I am in here because uh, I don't know what I'm about to do today. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna go just rogue. You know, this is gonna be fun. Really? You're just yes. Gonna, you're... Imagine I'm standing next to the great one right here, Adrian Fonseca in the house. <laughs> yes. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's yeah, good to be yeah. here. <laughs> Yeah, speaking about puppeteers. Speaking of puppeteers, I'm I'm really the one pulling all the strings. That's true. Yeah, he's the <laughs> producer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no! Good morning, Chichin. Oh no! Polichicho's here. Polichicho, I'm in the house. Yeah. Now, if you're wondering who is that discombobulated voice off in the distance, if you're if you're on the radio and you're thinking, <laughs> who is this random voice on here? Well, Polichicho is our our puppet friend, and he's joining us also in the studio. And uh, some would say that he's controlled by the puppet master himself, Mr. Jesus Robles. Well, you know, I'm going to be replacing Joe McClain. I'm actually here. You know, I got the, I got, I look old. I'm about 80 years old, so I'm the perfect replacement for Joe McClain. Wow. We'll have uh, Polichicho replace Joe McClain. We'll have, uh, and then, and then Jesus can replace me. 
no, no, no. You, you are unreplaceable, Adrian, really, you are. But you know, with John McClane, with John McClane, all you need is, is just to, you know, look really old, like you're just old and, and skinny now. Look, look how skinny I am. I've been on a diet, too. Yeah, he's on that carnivore diet. Yeah. It started 80 years ago. You imagine me? I, I got to read the gospel and everything. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? I, I'm just going to sit down and enjoy the show. CDT, good morning. Praise be to God. Well, let's get right into it. Let's pray for your holy intentions. Let's pray for uh, for priests everywhere. Let's pray for uh, for everything that uh, that needs prayers for today, especially those holy souls in purgatory. Let's pray and uh, join me in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. And now, here's a couple of uh, headline news stories for you this, this day. The Epic Times reports key source for anti-Trump dossier acquitted on all counts. This is a, a trend here when, in, uh, you know, in terms of this particular case. Igor Danchenko, a Russian national, was acquitted on four counts of lying to the government after about 10 hours of deliberations. Danchenko, who's 44, has bragged that he was the primary source for the dossier compiled by ex-British spy Christopher Steele, or otherwise known as the, the Steele dossier who was paid by Democrats, including Hillary Clinton. Danchenko was charged in November 2021 with five counts of lying to the FBI agents during interviews about the dossier. One count related to Danchenko claiming that he had not spoken with Charles Dolan, a longtime Clinton associate, about any information that was included in the dossier. That one was thrown out. Danchenko's lawyers have said that their client did not lie because he didn't talk, but communicated over email with Dolan. Wow. They lawyered him. And the Daily Wire reports, here's how much power bills could rise this winter. Fuel costs for many Americans could surge 28% this year with a combination of colder weather and higher energy prices. According to a recent winter fuels outlook from Energy Information Administration, the average household primarily using natural gas for space heating will spend about $931 on power from October to March, marking a $206 increase since last year. Nearly half of American homes are heated using natural gas. Axios reports IRS releases inflation, inflation adjustments for next year's taxes. While tax rates remain the same, the income limits for each tax rate are different. That means that your top tax rate might have gone down. For example, if you were earning $90,000 a year in uh, 2022, your top tax rate was 32%. Next year, it's going to be 24%. That's going to be down a little bit. And the Daily Caller reports China recruited UK Air Force pilots to train its military. As many as 30 former members of the Royal Air Force and other branches of the UK Armed Services accepted contract offers for up to $270,000 through a third-party recruiting company in South Africa, the New York Times reported. None of the retired pilots appear to have violated the Official Secrets Act, which deals with espionage and related crimes. Also, none of the former pilots trained on the F-35, the most advanced warplane in the UK fleet, but PLA fighters pressed the UK veterans, veterans that is, for information on British and Western maneuvers, the New York Times also reported. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Isaac Jogues and Jean de Brabouf and Companions. 
Isaac Jogues and his companions were the first martyrs of the North American continent officially recognized by the church. As a young Jesuit, Isaac Jogues, a man of learning and culture, taught literature in France. He gave up that career to work among the Huron Indians in the New World. And in in Quebec. The Hurons were constantly warred upon by the Iroquois, and in a few years, Father Jogues was captured by the Iroquois and imprisoned for 13 months. Several fingers had been cut, chewed, or burnt off. Pope Urban VIII gave him permission to offer Mass without his, uh, mutil with his mutilated hands. It would be shameful that a martyr of Christ not be allowed to drink the blood of Christ, he said. In 1646, he and Jean de Landel set out again for Iroquois country in the belief that a, re that a recently signed peace treaty would be observed. They were captured by a Mohawk war party, and on October 18th, Father Jogues was tomahawked and beheaded. Jean de Landel was killed the next day at Ossernan, a village near Albany, New York. The first of the Jesuit missionaries to be martyred was René Gopel, who with Landel had offered his services as an oblate. He was tortured along with Isaac Jogues in 1642 and was tomahawked for having made the sign of the cross on the brow of some children. Father Anthony Daniel, working with among the Hurons, who were gradually becoming Christian, was killed by Iroquois on July 4, 1648. His body was thrown into his chapel which was then set on fire. Jean de Brabeuf was a French Jesuit who came to Canada at the age of 32 and labored there for 24 years. He went back to France when the English captured Quebec in 1629 and expelled the Jesuits, but returned to his mission four years later. Although medicine men blamed the Jesuits for a smallpox epidemic among the Hurons, Jean remained with them. He composed catechisms in a dictionary in Huron and saw 7,000 converted before his death in 1649. Having been captured by the Iroquois at Santa Marie near Gregorian Bay, Canada, Father Brebeuf died after four hours of extreme torture. These eight Jesuit martyrs of North America were canonized in 1930. St. Isaac Jogues, Jean de Brebeuf, and companions pray for us praise be to you lord jesus christ in today's gospel jesus says to his disciples be sure of this if the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming he would not have let his house be broken into you also must be prepared for at an hour you do not expect the son of man will come then peter said lord is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward, whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time? Blessed is the servant who his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly I say to you, he will put him in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants to eat and drink and get drunk, then that servant's master will come on an unexpected day at an unknown hour 
and will punish the servant severely and assign him a place with unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will but did not make the preparations nor act in accord with his will shall be beaten severely. And the servant who was ignorant of the master's will will be, will be, but acted in a way of deserving of severe beating shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. How many of us spend our lives every single day preparing for the earthly things, for the worldly things? We prepare ourselves with regular uh, secular education, thinking that that is the way out and the way to live life. Our Lord teaches us here that we must be ready for that moment when when His coming, so that the moment that He He comes the moment that uh, we are prepared to receive the Lord in every single aspect of our lives. And not only that Sunday when you go to church or, or not only that moment when you sit and pray, live your lives as if the Lord was about to come. You too must stand ready because of the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. So just as the householder does, not only at what hour the burglar will come, in the same way, no one knows the hour when the Son of Man will arrive. Jesus says this very clearly, but as for the day or the hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, no one but the Father, as it states in Mark thirteen thirty-two. Today, many people live their lives worried about the end of the world. Uh, on the streets of the cities, you will see written in, in many areas, Jesus will return. There are even persons who are in anguish because of the proximity of the end of the world, and they commit suicide. They hurt themselves. Many times the affirmation Jesus will return is used to frighten people and oblige them to go to church. After waiting and speculation about the coming of Jesus, many people no longer perceive the presence in our midst, in the most common things of our lives, in the daily events. What is more important is not to know the hour of the end of the world, but rather being capable of perceiving the coming of Jesus, who is already present in our midst, in the person of the poor. And of course, don't forget, in that precious body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. Our Lord is here, and we must live in His presence. Coming up next, we have What's Concerning Us here in Catholic Drive Time. It's going to be very interesting, so stick around and share the program. If you're watching us on social media, Catholic Drive Time is on the air. Don't go anywhere. Stick around. Many atheists assert the only real form of knowledge is scientific knowledge, thus excluding any sort of religious knowledge, whether philosophical or theological. Such a belief is called scientism, and it's unreasonable for two reasons. First, it's self-refuting. Its truth cannot be verified by the scientific method. It's a metaphysical proposition, and as such, is not scientific knowledge. But if science can't verify the truth of scientism, well then, scientism itself cannot be a legitimate form of knowledge, in which case, it's self-refuting. 
Moreover, scientism undermines science as a rational form of inquiry because it denies presupposed philosophical assumptions that are necessary to even do science, such as there's an external world outside the minds of scientists. So to reject God's existence on the grounds that it's not scientific knowledge is simply unreasonable. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For victory in life, we've got to keep focused on the goal, and the goal is heaven. The key to winning is choosing to do God's will and love others with all you've got. Sacrifice, discipline, and prayer are essential. We gain strength through God's Word, and we receive grace from the sacraments. And when we fumble due to sin, and it's going to happen, confession puts us back on the field. So if you haven't been going to Mass Weekly, get back in the game. We're saving your seat on the starting bench this Sunday. Welcome home. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos here, and uh, look, there's a lot of headlines out there, and oftentimes we don't get to uh, to talk about them in, in detail, so uh, that's why we have this segment here. I found uh, this particular headline here from Catholic News Agency, and uh, if you're uh, a radio listener, I'll read the headline here. It's uh, Pope Francis appoints pro-abortion economist to Pontifical Academy for Life, and I found that concerning. I'm, I'm sure you find it concerning as well. Let's get right into this uh, this uh, headline here. I mean, this uh, this article. Uh, one of the newest members of the Pontifical Academy for Life, appointed by Pope Francis, is an outspoken advocate of abortion rights, having recently shared her opposition for the overturning of Roe versus Wade on Twitter. Italian American economist Maria Mazzucato, known for her work promoting the public sector's role in encouraging innovation, was among seven academics appointed by the Pope on October 15th to serve five-year terms with the Academy. In his 2020 book, Let Us Dream, The Path to a Better Future, Pope Francis described Mazzucato's work as thinking that is not ideological, which moves beyond the polarization of free market capitalism and state socialism, and which has at its heart a concern that all humanity have access to land, lodging, and labor. That might sound concerning on itself, and it does sound a little concerning because it seems as if it's uh, some sort of socialism here, despite the fact that he says, well, it's moving beyond that. The in which she tweeted and retweeted pro-abortion statements concerning the Supreme Court's decision to return abortion laws to the states. In response to a Twitter post, that was uh, featured that featured commentary deploring the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Mazzucato tweeted, "So good." And then there's a few other examples here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, these comments might be strong, but it's just how I genuinely feel. She says, "I don't care that you're a Christian. I don't care what the Bible says. Like I feel like it's a clown show. Like sitting here trying to decipher what your little mythical book has to say about these very political issues, right?" Kasparian said. And uh, continuing here on the article, Robert P. George, a professor of jurisprudence at Princeton University, a Catholic and outspoken advocate for the right to life, told CNA that he is disturbed by the news of the appointment. And really, this should be a disturbing appointment. This is yet another uh, example of the bad optics that we're seeing from the Pontifical Academy of, uh, for Life, which was uh, instituted not for any of these these crazy ideas. It actually was 
uh, instituted to promote a pro-life message from a scientific perspective. But now we're seeing its corruption. And uh, continuing from the, the article here, uh, we can see a little bit more about how this is happening. The, Pontic- the Pontifical Academy for Life exists to advance the Church's mission to foster respect for the profound, inherent, and equal dignity of each and every member of the human family, beginning with the precious child in the womb. Either one believes in this mission or one does not. If one does not, then why would one wish to be part of the Pontifical Academy, George asked. And that's a fascinating question, isn't it? Why is it that uh, the Pope, the hierarchy, are appointing these people to these positions where they actually don't believe in what the Pontifical Academy stands for? Why put in in a five-year term uh, a person who is an atheist, who does not agree with the pro-life message, who laments the overturning of Roe versus Wade, which is really the, the salvation of so many children. I mean, this is the modern-day Holocaust. Every single day, children are being killed in the womb. How long has this been happening? And we're hiring people in, in the, the highest levels of, of our academies to promote something that is against the pro-life message. It's astounding to me. He continues, And why would someone with appointment authority appoint someone to the academy? I think of no explanation that is not shocking and scandalous, George told Catholic News Agency. Catholic Culture shared Mazzucato's other tweets and retweets from that time period. On June 23rd, she tweeted a, a retweeted a tweet by Robert Reich that said, quote, So states can decide you must carry a fetus, but not whether you can carry a concealed gun, question mark, unquote. And on uh, June 24th, she retweeted a tweet by Nicola Sturgeon saying, one of the darkest days for women's rights in my lifetime. Obviously, the immediate consequences will be suffered by women in the U.S., but this will embolden anti-abortion and anti-women forces in other countries, too. Solidarity doesn't feel good enough right now. Feel enough right now, it says, but it's necessary. On June 24th, she also retweeted another one from Tedros Adhanom, and I, I'm not going to pronounce the last name, it's too complicated, but he said, safe hashtag abortion is health care. It saves lives. Restricting it drives women and girls towards unsafe abortions, resulting in complications and even death. The evidence is irrefutable, he says. I would question that. There's a couple other tweets here. I'm not going to go into them. I think you get the idea here. She's retweeting things. And Twitter really is just like a notebook. It's like an open diary for people. So it's not like we're, we're taking these things out of context. She's, she's saying these things. She believes these things. She's putting it out there. Uh, one of the funny things is uh, on Twitter, you might run into people who say, well, retweets don't exactly equate to uh, me promoting this thing. It's just I'm just doing this. You know, Maybe I'm bringing this up to your attention. I don't think this is what we're seeing here. This is pretty obvious. She, she is for all this stuff. She's for abortion. And somehow she landed a job at the Pontifical Academy for Life. It's really mind-boggling. Boggling. Not a secret. Definitely it's not a secret. It's not a secret. No. Exactly. And, and you know, and, and, the, and the reason why it, it really shocks us, uh, Rudy, is uh, when you apply to a job, you're always told you need to check your social media, what you're putting out there. Me, as a police officer, oh, yeah. I can't just be putting things out there that, 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 that are extreme or that are, uh, you know, that are going to touch sensibilities or offend people that I have to give too much explanation for. Mm-hmm. And for a situation like this, it, it, she, in a high position like that, 
it, it, it just blows my mind how you can say all of these anti-church comments and then still get a gig in it, with, with the church. It's there's no zeal there for the church. <laughs> it, it's really tough for me. It's like it almost seems like I'm missing something. There's something that I'm missing, or yeah. <laughs> and you know, everybody has influence. I've talked yeah. about influence before, and uh, you know, depending on who you are, you look to different people for their opinions, right? Yes. I mean, you you go on Twitter, the blue check mark, uh, that that has influence. The verified account on Instagram that has influence. People look for these people, yes, and they're influencers, right? Some people. Most people use their influence poorly. You mm-hmm. know, they have a massive platform, and they're able to to share their message with the world. And oftentimes, their opinions, their their takes are are pretty bad. And in this case, we have the Pontifical Academy for Life, which again was instituted by the Church. It was prestigious. It uh, it it held a scientific. It, it's its purpose was to to propose a scientific perspective, a pro life message, scientifically. And now it's being completely, completely corrupted by these people. For some reason, appointed from the the highest levels of the church. And I'm wondering, you know, if we're if we're at a point where the church is sort of losing its identity, like it's it's having some sort of identity crisis, right? I mean, Fulton Sheen spoke about this in one of his great talks. He he talks about the four great crises of the church. And he says that in the first 500 years, the church was struggling to identify the nature of Christ. You know, that's why there was all those different heresies back then. Mm-hmm. They were challenging the nature of Christ. And then he has, you know, all these different other, you know, the next 500 years was something else. The next 500 years, it was something else. And now we're in the next 500 years. And I'm wondering if the church is losing its identity, if it's losing its understanding of who we are and what we're all about. When the highest level, again, and I, I really want to emphasize this, when the highest levels are promoting people like this in, into the church, that is very concerning. It's almost as if we're, we're, we're not understanding what we're all about. And, and I think about that because we can't change any of this. You know, like you and I, uh, Jesus mm-hmm. and, and Adrian, we, we, we can't change these appointments, right? It's not like we can write... Uh, vote. Yeah, we can't <laughs> yeah. vote them out. We yeah. can't say, okay, well, uh, please get rid of them, resign, or anything like that, no. because th- we don't have the authority to do that, Mm-mm. right? Uh, but we do have the uh, the the capacity, you know, as as men. Like, I have a family. You have a family, Adrian. Maybe I don't know. You'll have a family eventually. But the the point is, is that you have the capacity to change yourself. You have the capacity to lead your family in a different direction. And when we see that the church is struggling with its identity, we can then say, okay, well, look, this is the crisis that we're in right now. And we're going to go, as for me Mm -hmm. and my family, we're going to do something else. We're going to go completely the opposite way because we know we're going the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Right? And and again, this this issue about pro life is not is not like the church is going to change its views. So you're bringing this this uh you know you're you're getting with the modern times. So it's not going to change, and it's not supposed to change. This right. is Christ is is life, and it's he's a creator of life. We can never go against that. We have to fight for it. So this appointment's pretty it's pretty pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, you know the the thing that I think is important to to keep in mind is that we know the faith, and we have mm-hmm. access to know the faith. Uh, we have are the tradition of the church. We have mm-hmm. the catechisms. We have the the church documents. We have the church fathers. We have the saints, the doctors, all these people who are the tradition of the church. And if we dive into those, we read them, we stay true to them, it's our responsibility in a confusing time 
to be familiar with these things mm-hmm. that when confusion comes up, we may look at those confusing things and respond accordingly because we could, should be able to direct our families and say, Hey, I'm not just going to do whatever someone says. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen and then make a judgment and then make prudential decisions on how to respond. So if someone says something that you disagree with, well, why do you disagree with them? Uh, maybe yeah. you're right. Maybe you're wrong. Look into it. And if you have, but if you have that, that Catholic sense that something's not quite right, then maybe look into it and maybe you're wrong and you need to change your opinion. But maybe you're right, and maybe you should reject what you're hearing from someone else. Yeah, and yeah. that's a that's the the goal of prudence in your life is to look at these things, make a decision, make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. Not don't just go off of whatever you. more information and then make a judgment now so some people yeah. might say well the, the church has to be open-minded right we have to be we have to allow people from different places to put their their two cents into the conversation mm-hmm. we can't just enclose ourselves with our little group or no silos so but this person seems like it, there's no arguing with her beliefs she's not open-minded so you want to have people like <laughs> you, you want to have some atheists in there you want to have some anti this or anti that to study the relics right so mm-hmm. that the relic uh, or these miracles uh, are actually validated by different places and, and right. yeah so same thing here if this person had an open minded to pro life maybe they want her two cents into into what the other side of the of the world is but it seems like she's pretty locked into you know I'm not pro life and I will not be pro life and your church and your bible is a it's a funny book so, well, that's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> right. I mean, the, the it's one thing to listen to other people, mm-hmm. and and I think we're in a position where people want us to to listen to the world, and mm-hmm. the the fact is is that it, it's not just listening, right? We have to push back on these ideals. If this is just completely against what we're all about, mm-hmm. we can't just bring people into the fold like this and corrupt the whole of the the academic institution here in this case the the pontifical academy for mm-hmm. life it's bad optics and it's sending a really weird mixed signal to those people who are on the fence who maybe aren't properly catechized and let's be honest there's a lot of people out there who are improperly catechized we have to pray and fast for them that's the answer this is dale alquist with a chesterton minute Have you ever noticed what happens when you try to keep up with the current fashions? You go nuts! When we are obsessed with keeping up with the times, we become slaves. Fashions are never settled. To chase something that is always changing is simply futile. It's not freedom, it's insanity. G.K. Chesterton says, The Catholic Church is the only thing that saves a man from the degrading slavery of being a child of his age. Christianity is always out of fashion because it's always sane, and fashions are always insane. The Catholic Church never has to worry about being behind the times because it is beyond the times. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. We are a young and diverse generation helping those in need, and promoting human rights. We care for the environment. We embrace authentic witnesses and dream of a better world. Our passion comes from God, who loves us even when we fall and cheers on our victories. 
If you sometimes wonder, is there something more? Then come and see at CatholicsComeHome.com. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now here's a couple more headlines for you. The Epic Times reports U.S. Air Force intercepts Russian nuclear-capable bombers off of Alaskan coast. Things are starting to heat up here, huh? The Alaskan North American Aerospace Defense Command, otherwise known as NORAD, uh, region detected, tracked, positively identified, and intercepted two Russian Tu-95 Bear H bombers entering and operating within the Alaskan Air Defense Identification Zone, otherwise known as ADIS said a, a news release from NORAD on Tuesday. NORAD said the U.S. Air Force F-16s intercepted the Russian bombers, which are capable of carrying nuclear weapons. Based on uh, NORAD's statement, it's not clear whether the Tu-95s were armed with any weapons, but uh, still very concerning, no? Breitbart News reports, liability insurance mandate for concealed carriers is on a fast track through New Jersey legislature. The prohibitions against concealed carry would apply to licensed concealed carriers. The Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, Scott Bach, stands in opposition of the bill. Bach pointed to the loosening of concealed carry restrictions that followed the Bruin decision in 2022 and said, like it or not, New Jersey is now a carry state. Respectfully, that doesn't mean you get to do an end run around carry. And that's what this bill is, he says. Ground News reports, report, Hurricane Ian farm loss could reach $1.56 billion. University of Florida says that the agricultural losses from Hurricane Ian could reach $1.56 billion. Citrus, cattle, vegetables, and melon operations along, are, are among the hardest hit. Among 5 million acres of farmland were affected by the storm, the university report says. The greatest unknown is the effect flooding and heavy rains will have over the long term. And uh, we're going to be having a more in-depth conversation about this in just a few minutes with Charlie Rankin. But if you're interested in uh, continuing to stay informed and inspired, you can always join us online. You can join our mailing, mailing list, which goes out on Friday once a week. We, uh, we harass your, your email inbox, as Joe says. All you have to do is uh, go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to join that. Every Friday, we send a, a piece of uh, a piece of uh, entertainment for you that's uh, family friendly, so you can check that out uh, by joining the email list. Again, you go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Now, the story of the of these uh, these uh, crop shortages, the incoming food crisis, is really intense. And Charlie from Yanasa Ranch TV has done a couple of in-depth videos about this. And um, he's going to be joining us in just a few minutes here. But, uh, you know, one of his recent videos was really unsettling for me because he talked about the consequences of the drought, which we've, we're in this, this massive drought. And I don't know if you guys have noticed this before. Uh, you can see Lake Mead is receding. There's a, a lot of stories like this in the news, right? Yeah, Joe, uh, not Joe, Rudy, I I heard, and when I heard this, it kind of freaked me out a little bit, and so I'm really looking forward to this conversation, because I heard that they're talking about price of meat going to be mm. like $80, <laughs> and I'm like, $80 for meat? I can't, I can't afford to have a cheeseburger at that point, better yet a steak. I know. I can already not afford a steak. I guess I'll just have to like not eat anymore, I guess, because yep. I, mean, I ain't eating vegetables. That's but just who not said that burgers have meat? 
Oh, that's true. true. Mm. Okay, yeah. That's well, that's an good interesting point. point. <laughs> because that's another thing that Charlie brings up. He makes a connection, a really interesting one. I'd like to talk to him about it. He makes the connection between the synthetic meats and all of the research that's been invested into these different mm-hmm. products. In He makes the connection that these, these research institutes that have created these meats have uh, kind of uh, maybe done it a little bit with, uh, with foresight. Because uh-huh. they know that a crisis is coming, so they're creating these things in the lab so that uh, uh-huh. we don't starve. And then I hear the bone is grinded into the into the burger meats and all. Ugh. That. Oh, I know. <laughs> that's horrible. Well, that's they're trying to get us to stop eating eat meat, and I think uh-huh. one of the ways they're going to do that is by in artificially jacking up the prices of meat, so mm-hmm. that way people will be like, "Well, I can get a a some uh, some beef." For seventy dollars a pound, or I can get some Beyond Meat for twenty dollars a pound. Which am I going to get? And it's going to force you into getting something that you don't actually want. You know, that's why I'm so lucky that I don't have to eat any meat. You know, <laughs> I don't eat any meat or nothing. I just eat air. That's all I eat right now. Yeah. Well, that's one way to stay thin. Well, I suppose if you're a puppet, you don't have dietary needs, right? <laughs> well, of course. But I don't know. I don't know, um, Rudy. I hear a little bit of California coming out of you there. Yeah, well, you know, I don't really mind uh, what you, you Texans <laughs> think about Californians. We do things a little bit oh. differently over there. Uh, uh, those of uh, us who have to up. survive out there in the midst of uh, Gavin Newsom and <laughs> all those other people who... Everything uh, seems to be burning in California. Just everything burns over there. Well, that's part of the drought, right? Because of the drought. So yeah. to speak yeah. about this yeah. uh, the, this meat price, the meat price that you brought up, uh, Adrian, um, the the thing about the, the cost of that's driving it up, Yeah, is the drought. Mm. So here in Texas and in other, uh, I think there was another state that happened uh, to, to experience this because they can't get the grains to feed the cows and they can't like have the water to, to keep the cows hydrated. Yeah. They're actually culling down their crop. And so they got rid of all the meat. And so what happened was the meat went to the market and for a while, maybe we were seeing just a little bit of a price reduction there because there, you know, de- the the demand was was being fulfilled there. Yes. There's a lot of meat there, and so uh, what that's going to happen, what the, what effect that's going to have is is still to come because it takes a long time for you to restore that that you know the crop of cows there. Yes, you know, it's not like you can just go to the to mm. to uh can't 3D print a, a cow. You can't 3D print a cow. You can't go to somebody and say, "Oh, okay, let me get a couple more cows from you." Mm-hmm. I mean, you get the calves and then you raise them, right? So It takes a while. Exponentially higher because there's not a lot of cattle on the market right now. Oh, it was wow. all gotten rid of because of the drought and because of the lack of grains. And so he's painting a very dire picture here and and you know, it's really important for us to have ranchers on. This is why we like Charlie Rankin so much. You know, it's another yeah. interesting thing is the fact that we were seeing a couple months ago about um, these diseases going through and killing off chickens specifically. Yeah. And they were talking about the, oh, the bird flu is coming back. And I was talking to a friend of mine who has a ranch and he, he has the chickens, he has cows and things like that. And he was saying, you know, I personally think that this is uh, this is something that's that's planned by someone to try to uh, mm-hmm. cull the herd to lower the amount of chickens we have, lower the amount of eggs we have, lower the amount of cows we have, 
And uh, and so he was like, yeah, I'm not killing my chickens. I'm just going to keep eating the <laughs> eggs that I'm having, and I'm going to eat the chickens I have. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do this. And, and and there's also a thing about you know uh, uh, there's no support for ranchers. Exactly. You know, the heartland is being forgotten by by actually the government. There's no support for the ranchers, and it almost seems like they're they're bad people. You know, the way they get yeah. treated. Uh, there's they're no like help. pollutants, or, or you know, they yep. they label them as uh, environmental. Uh, you know, uh, environmental issues there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you look know, at Canada. Processes. Yeah, they're passing the rules and yeah. about uh, that actually animals are polluting the world. That you know, gases that they. Uh, push out you know it's uh it's causing problems in the world yeah. uh, again there there seems to be we're moving away from all of that and we're going into these uh, uh into this modern time and and we're forgetting that we need our food to come from somewhere yes and that's that's the point i was making there uh you know this is why it's so important to have ranchers on and and discuss things with them because oftentimes we are so disconnected from our food supply that uh, you know, you go into the the market, you pick up a, a you know your your steak, you pick up your vegetables, you pick up whatever, and you have no idea where it came from, what hands it passed through, mm-hmm. what had to happen to the soil for you to be able to even have broccoli, mm-hmm. or what where did the grains come from to feed the cows that you're the steak that you're eating came from. You know, the the farmer is oftentimes the person who is forgotten mm-hmm. and taken out of the equation. And it's important to listen to them because a lot of them are now coming up with the consensus here, and they're saying, "Look, they're they're sounding the alarm. They're saying something's wrong. We're not we're not getting the fertilizer. The fertilizer's too expensive. There's nothing in the stores. Uh, I'm not talking about uh, grocery stores. He's talking about like the the reserves here, and uh, and we have to listen to the the farmers and, and be a little bit more connected with with where our food comes from because that's important. I think people are upset. With the farmers and the ranchers, I mean, and I mean by people, I mean the the higher ups, people with big business is upset with them because you know it used to be the case that, like for instance, if you read Dante's Inferno, Dante leaves the comfort and the safety of the city life because you know back then the cities had walls, they had soldiers, so that was where we were safe. And they would he would go out into the wilderness, and that was where it was like st- dark and scary. But now it's kind of reversed, where you know the cities have are a symbol of crime and of these kind of things, and the and the the country is a symbol of comfort, of uh, freedom, of safety, and that's <laughs> Miller uh, the, time. And, <laughs> and the the other the problem I see is I think these people are targeting these ranchers and farmers because they don't want city the, they don't want people out. And the uh, in the in the wild west, out on ranches, they want them in the cities where they can be controlled. Wow! Imagine that. Uh, I have to start <laughs> learning how to how to plant behind my no, I should too. my yard. <laughs> well, I think that's the answer, right? I, I think honestly, that's the answer. And you can give us a class, Rudy. I know you I got could. all these uh, scientific words for planting. I could. Maybe when we come back from the break, we'll give you uh, just uh, just an example of what you can do at your house how to, grow to maybe mitigate a little bit of the cost <laughs> that you may be experiencing at the grocery store because really it's going to keep going up and up and up and we have to be a little bit proactive in the way that we do things because if we're not... We could be easily left behind and hungry. But don't go away. Join us in just a few minutes after the break. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to do some Bible reading. Wouldn't it be great if everyone read the Bible regularly? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Should pastors and churches place expectations and obligations on the congregation? Your average non-Catholic evangelical would say no, maybe even no way. It might be said, we do not need written order, discipline, or expectations. Those should derive from personal desire and from the Holy Spirit, not from a church. Or, each Christian's conscience should be sufficient for correction and discipline. Or, the Holy Spirit will personally lead each believer as to what church or to attend, and certainly how often they should go. So here's your three best friendships tools for Catholic evangelism. Natural law says human society cannot be well-ordered nor prosperous unless it has legitimate authority to preserve its own institution, the Bible. Secondly, the Bible, which says in multiple places such as Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you. And thirdly, the Catholic Church says when we are properly ordered, we will be capable of resisting conformity to the contemporary demands of unhealthy individualism. So obligations, much obliged. Glory to God in the highest. Thank you for joining Catholic Drive Time, joining Rudy, that's myself, and uh, Adrian Fonseca, the producer, and uh, our good friend Jesus Robles in the studio today. Well, uh, it didn't work out with Charlie Rankin this morning, but uh, we'll try and get him on again in the future. But, uh, you know, since we're on the topic of of food, you know, food is really important for us. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up that it is possible, even if you live in an apartment, for you to grow food. And... Uh, right before the break, I mentioned, you know, you have to be really proactive with these sorts of things. You know, there's a lot of different people who are telling you that this is this is in this is in the works. This is on the horizon. And I know, uh, you know, when it comes to, to headline news, you know, sometimes you can't trust it because it's so sensational. It's bombastic. It's uh, driving the clicks. So they're telling you that it's over and you're you're you know, you're not going to have food. The reality is that. Here in the United States, we are really, really blessed. I mean, if you look at the, the food shortages that are coming to Europe, that are coming to uh, places like Africa, I mean, those people are really going to suffer. And why is it? Because those people, they don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the, the access that we have here in the United States. And so they're really going to be suffering. For us Americans, yeah, we're going to be paying maybe $50 for a pound of ground beef, you know. And, uh, yeah, maybe there's going to be days where we don't have three meals a day. But that's not the norm in other places of the world. You know, for us, we're going to be uncomfortable. And I think it's a great opportunity for us to, you know, to, to see these, these opportunities of, like, you know, going hungry as a way for us to offer that up. Um, did you know that on Wednesdays you could fast and do penance as well. You know, it's not just Fridays that we're called to do this. Our one of our uh, one of the the presidents of the of the GRN mentioned that yesterday in an email. And I thought that was fantastic. It was great advice. You know, don't forget that on Wednesdays and Saturdays and and Fridays you can you can fast too, and look around you. I mean, the world needs it, right? Our Lady of Fatima told us like, there's a lot of people who need prayers, right? So the 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 upcoming food crisis that we're seeing. 
the maybe the the uncom the discomfort that we're going to experience here in America is a great opportunity for you to offer that up. But that doesn't mean you can't be proactive about it. Um, Adrian, I'm going to share this link with you here. Maybe you could share it to the uh, the live audience there. Um, if you uh, are listening via radio, you can look this up, and it's called the Plant Hardiness uh, Hardiness Zone Map. And uh, basically, you can go onto onto uh, Google or whatever search engine and type in USDA Plant Hardiness Zone Map. And what you're going to see here is a, a map of the United States. And uh, the map is divided into all kinds of different zones where you could grow plants. Okay, so here, in our example, we're in Houston. And Houston happens to be, let me see if I have my, my color accuracy here. That's going to put us in zone 9A. Hmm. And uh, when we talk about zones, they're talking about temperatures. Okay, so it used to be that when people were, uh, you know, not so used to going to the grocery store and uh, maybe they were growing their own food in their own little gardens, they would uh, open up a book called The Farmer's Almanac and it would tell them when to plant the seeds. Essentially, this is what this is, but uh, with a little bit of the, the mystery taken. is in this phase, then that means that you should probably wait a couple of days. And, and I don't know how scientific it is. I don't know how true it is. Obviously, you know, those things do have some sort of effect on on, on the world. I, I don't think they have like an esoteric effect in, in, in regards to, you know, whether <laughs> your, your plants are going to succeed or anything like that. But, um, you know, the gravitational pull of a planet does have an effect here on Earth, depending on what it is. You can see that in the tides, for, for instance. Well, uh, this this uh, this map takes a little bit of the mystery out, and it tells you, well, if you're in zone uh, 9A, which is here in Houston, it's going to tell you when is a good time to put down uh, those seeds, right? And uh, since we're going into fall and winter here, uh, it's probably going to tell us that uh, we're past a certain, certain point, right? Mm-hmm. But... That doesn't mean you can't plant something. There's there's always vegetables that can be planted at any time of the year, and so when you look at this uh, at this map and you identify what part of the the country you're in, you can identify when is a good time, a starting point. It gives you a good starting point of when to plant your seeds, and really all you need is is a little bit of light and some space. So before the break, I mentioned that if you have an apartment. I mean, that is not the most ideal thing. But if you have a balcony, you can plant stuff in the balcony. And believe it or not, you can harvest things like tomatoes. Uh, that's a pretty easy thing to grow. And you think of what, all the things you can make with tomatoes. You can make sauces. Uh, you can supplement that in salads and, and all that sort of stuff. I, I hope Joe's not listening because he can't have salads. And I think that's <laughs> one of the things he wants the most. <laughs> he wants the most is uh, a salad for some reason because he's only been eating meat for uh, how many months now? Like two or three two months, months now? Yeah, he's he's, uh-huh. he's going to take it in the pocket. You yeah. know, here's the other thing, Rudy, about this whole thing. That reminds me of, uh, I think they called them victory gardens. Victory gardens. Uh, during uh, World yeah, War exactly. II. And uh, during World War II, and maybe some people might remember this or had their parents remember this, the, during World War II, because of the food supply was short and a lot of the packaged food was being sent overseas to our soldiers, we had to cut down, we had to ration our food. And because of that, they, the government encouraged um, different people to start um, creating their own gardens in their yards. Yeah. And they called them victory gardens because it was by that that we'd have victory because then people would feed themselves. 
But it's weird because now nobody really grows their own food. It's very, very rare. And But I have noticed among a lot of Catholic communities, there's a return to land movement is what they call it. Mm-hmm. And maybe it would be a good idea to have someone on from that movement come on and talk to us. But there's a group called Return to Land Movement among a bunch of Catholics. And they are saying that, oh, let's let's purchase some land. Let's start growing our own food. Let's maybe let's have a chicken coop in our backyard. Let's have these things so that way we can be at least somewhat self-sustaining. And that's the other thing. We don't we can't be self-sustaining entirely. That's why we need community. We need friends. We need to know our neighbors. Mm -hmm. And so if you know your neighbors, you You can can say, hey, well, yeah, exactly. You could trade. Say, hey, I'm going to grow these. You're going to grow these and we can uh, share. Uh, I'm going to have chickens. You may have something else, and we can uh, share these things. So that way the burden doesn't fall on you to have to have literally everything. And these kind of things when Rudy's talking about even in apartments, if you make friends with someone in your apartment and you have a whole bunch of people uh, growing things in their in their apartments, then they y'all can uh, have at least a little bit of food, a mm-hmm. little bit of things that can. And even if things do not go bad and our yeah. doomsday predictions turn out to be completely false, praise be to God, God willing, let's hope. Um, then, <laughs> then you know that means that you can all you're doing is you're you're offsetting some of the costs that's already exactly. a burden anyway. Mm-hmm. So here's a a few things that that you can do to set yourself up for success. I mean, I love doing that. I love setting myself up for success. And everything that I do because it makes things easier. I don't like to struggle, you know, uh, believe it or not. And That's why you bring I, the pony, right? I, exactly. Yeah. So here's a few things that you can set yourself up with to, to succeed. All right. Number one, you're going to have to find yourself some heirloom seeds. Now, heirloom seeds, you might think, oh, what is that? What, what does that mean? Is, are they old seeds? Yeah, they're old seeds. Essentially, what that means is it has several generations of, uh, of growth that have backed up its success. So you know that these crops are actually, they're actually successful and they yield. So find yourself some heirloom seeds. They're hard to find these days. There's a lot of uh, genetically modified seeds on the market, uh, which you know you could use as well. I wouldn't just specifically use genetically modified seeds, but there are advantages to them. One, one advantage to the, the GMO seeds or the, the modified seeds is that some of them grow better in containers uh, rather than in actual, uh, you know, larger spaces. And if you're in an apartment, you're probably going to be in a container, right? So a, a container like a pot or something like that. So the tomato can still grow in that environment and it succeeds. The plant only gets to a certain height. Other tomatoes, they go up to like six or seven feet. That might not be ideal for an apartment situation. Now, the other thing you can do also to set yourself up for success is you can start looking into things like, uh, I think I'm, I'm mostly speaking to the apartment crowd. Right, because if you have like a if you have a house with a yard, it's going to be significantly easier for you to go to Home Depot, and get a couple of pieces of wood, and stake them down to the ground and put some soil in there and grow stuff out there. I mean, it's, it's relatively easy to do that. But if you're in an apartment, you can look into uh, hydroponics, which we talked about, uh, I think last week. Uh, uh, Jesus, you called it hydroponies. <laughs> hydroponies, absolutely hydroponies. hydroponies. <laughs> so hydroponics is uh, it's soilless growth. So uh, you might think, wow, it's an abomination. And really, it kind of is. It kind of is an abomination if you think about it. But it, it works, right? It, it, the plant, instead of growing in soil, it grows in water. And the water is fed with nutrients. Uh, all of the, the, the types of nutrients that the plant would need are actually mixed into the water itself. And the roots 
uh, the theory goes, the roots go into the water and they have um, they have less of a uh, of a an impediment to receive those nutrients. So they suck up the nutrients, they grow faster, and they produce things. So you can grow. Uh, I know you can't. I think you can't grow carrots, for example, in a hydroponic system. But uh, you can grow berries, you can grow tomatoes, uh, you can grow leafy greens, and they grow really well. Uh, you can grow peppers and that sort of thing. And uh, you can learn a little bit about pickling. But those are, those are a few things that I would suggest, uh, you know, as we're looking into the future here. And a lot of, again, a lot of different farmers are sounding the alarm here. There's something, there's something moving out here. Now, Charlie, I hope we can get him on soon. Uh, not today. I think we're we're a little bit past that today. But if he could come on again, Charlie's been documenting, you know, these uh, grain stores where uh, they just mysteriously caught on fire. I don't know if that's intentional. Maybe it's the chastisement that God wishes to give us. And and really, again, it would be like a soft chastisement here in the U.S. because we're so uh, we're a country of excess here. And and I, I think instead of three meals, we're going to have two meals. I think that's that's kind of what we're we're going to see here. But uh, he documents all of these different things that are happening, and a lot of people are saying that it's on the horizon. So it's a good idea to be proactive about all of these things. Uh, maybe consider starting a victory garden for yourself. Start talking with your neighbor. Uh, that's a that's a good piece of advice to set yourself for, for success. Uh, when was the last time you talked to your neighbor? I. <laughs> I don't remember. Do you know your neighbor? Uh, yeah, I don't remember ever talking to my neighbor. And that's a sad thing. Back in the day, it used to be you knew who your neighbor was. You could go over across the way and say, hey, by the way, can I borrow a cup of sugar? And now people don't even do that anymore. So maybe that's a challenge that I'll give you today. A little bit of homework for you from the CDT team here is uh, look into victory gardens. Look into hydroponics. Talk to your neighbor for crying out loud and see how you can help each other. Maybe you might even hello uh, neighbor. Yeah, you might even bring them to the faith. Thanks be to God, that might be great. Uh, I know that's my project coming up for my neighbor, who happens to be our landlord. So, uh, yeah, pray for him. Let's pray for this situation here, but let's also be proactive. Coming up after this break, we have David O'Gray. Don't go away. Dude, this is Jesuit joking. Father Robert McTague, host of The Catholic Current, so where we bring Christ to the world and the world to Christ. We look at current events through the eyes of faith. I hope you'll join us each Monday and Friday for guests and topics you can't afford to miss. That's The Catholic Current, heard Monday and Friday right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Your only daughter met a fine young man who was a committed Mormon. She now wants to join his church. What's your answer? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a reason for no. Doctrinal positions such as the deity of Jesus and the Trinity. Your reason for yes. You deem seemingly moral character as superseding biblical truth.
probably no down from the Bible. It comes from the first five centuries of brilliant theologians, bishops, and popes. These Catholics wrote, debated, and fought for truth. Example, in 250 AD, 311, and 417, three different popes excommunicated three different heretics, Sibelius, Arius, and Pelagius. They denied the Trinity, the eternal deity of Jesus, or taught that human effort warranted salvation. Would your pastor excommunicate a heretic? Well, unfortunately, your pastor can only remove someone from his local congregation. But that's okay. That guy will probably end up being welcomed in a church down the street. I've been listening to Guadalupe Radio for a couple years now, and I think it was a bumper sticker I saw on somebody's car one time, and it's a radio station that I don't have to be concerned about or worried about. When the kids and I are driving, I don't have to worry about inappropriate items. It's just the opposite. It's educational. I've learned so many different topics and on different subjects that I couldn't believe being a Catholic and being baptized as a child. There's so many things I didn't know, and now in these past couple years that I've been listening in, I've learned so much. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. Hi, I'm Vilma from St. Thomas More Parish. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. I don't know. Maybe there was an emergency on the ranch or something. I don't know. We'll try and get them on again sometime soon, maybe next week. Uh, later, later this week, we're going to have uh, pretty interesting guests here, and I'm excited to have these conversations with them. Tomorrow, we have uh, Don Johnson from Don Johnson Ministries. And he's going to discuss his uh, documentary called Disconnected and all of the different factors that are, uh, are contributing to our children wanting to uh, transition to a different uh, gender. And then on Friday, we have Gail Seiler, who uh, has a really harrowing story of actually escaping a hospital because of their nightmare COVID-19 protocols. Uh, Gail has a really interesting story. She later went on to um, create a Humanity Betrayal Project, where she documented and had a lot of people mail in stories, similar stories, I'm considering actually sending my story to her, of uh, how hospitals really just kind of uh, lost lost a, a sight of, of taking care of their patients. And a lot of them just kind of fast-tracked them to death. Uh, Gail... It was no stranger to this, actually, part of her story. She says she goes in and literally the doctor says, Gail, you're going to die here. <laughs> and she wasn't she wasn't ready for that. She wasn't uh, thinking like she was at the point of death. But uh, Gail has a really interesting story. We're, we're going to discuss that on Friday. But in any case, in this hour, we're going to have uh, David L. Gray, who's going to join us via Zoom. Uh, he's going to Zoom in via via Germany in just a few minutes. But, uh, yeah, interesting conversation last hour. We were discussing the Victory Garden, uh, what you can do to, uh, to offset this, off, this uh, upcoming food crisis. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think in the after show, maybe we can discuss a little bit about what our listeners are doing. If you want to join us in the after show, uh, we, as soon as we go off the air, on the radio side of things, we go on to our, our video platforms. And you can go on there and interact with us live. You can uh, comment. You can say anything about the show. Uh, 
You can bring up anything you'd like, and we discuss it in the after show. It's a lot less uh, structured in that way. And you can join us by going on to grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you can see all of the different streaming platforms that we stream to. You can join us via YouTube, Facebook, for example. You can join our, our secret Telegram group, which uh, you, can, you can join via the mailing list. And you can join the mailing list also at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. This week on Friday, we're going to be sending out the interview that we did with the two FBI agents uh, in its full length. So if you want to check that out, make sure to join our mailing list. That's going to go out this Friday. But in any case, uh, we have the illustrious, the incredible, the, the man himself from Germany, Herr David L. Grau, as they call him. <laughs> He's here with us. Hey, Good morning Jonathan, to you, David. How are things over there on uh, in the fatherland? It's doing well. We had some, like you, I think you said at the beginning of the show at the 6 o'clock, um, well, the first hour you said there was great fall weather there in Texas. Oh, we yeah. participated in that on Monday. It was 71 degrees. <laughs> and uh, we got out to, it's that season here in Germany where it's a lot of t- small town festivals. So a lot of, oh, it's great. Um, so there was one here in Kaiserslautern that we had a, got a chance to go to. So that was good. But we're, we're back now to drizzle and more drizzle. Dang. Well, that's kind of a bummer. But, uh, you know, it's uh, better than 80 degrees here. Tomorrow it's going to be right back to summer here in Houston. So, <laughs> Man, jealous. Definitely so, jealous. In any case, uh, what's on your mind today? Yeah, I was really shocked by this article I had read over at LifeSite News, an article entitled, um, Boston Children's Hospital Doc Says Gender Confusion Has Skyrocketed, Puberty Blockers Are Being Given Out Like Candy. <laughs> so wow. um, what's going on here at Boston, Boston's Children's Hospital, and I, I, was, I suppose other hospitals around the country, is that... Parents are maybe hearing from their children just some basic things like, hey, mom, dad, I feel like, you know, I may be a girl. I may feel like I'm a boy. And typically what happens, you know, when when a kid may say that back in the past, you know, we say, you know, we just let those things work out. You know, children say weird things. Right. Yeah. I I think I used to tell my parents, you know, um, hey, you know, I want to be an elephant or something like that because, you know, my head was big. But, (laughs) but, you know, they they just kind of let that that process work out. They didn't send me to a doctor and do any sort of transition surgery. Mm. But nowadays, just because of the culture, and I guess because we're supposed to believe all children, like we're supposed to believe all women, you know, this whole thing, whatever people say, you're supposed to just uncritically believe. And so a lot of parents are responding to this and they're, um, taking their children to hospitals like Boston Children's Hospital, and they're giving their children these puberty-blocking drugs. So imagine this, that the process by which we just have as human beings, the older we get, we just move along these various stages of human development. One of those has been called puberty. It happens around 11, 12. Depends upon how old you are. For a boy, your voice might change. For a girl, you may start having um, menstrual cycles. Just, just these natural processes. Sure. But with these these puberty blocking drugs do is that they actually stop that process. It pauses mm. it. And what the doctors are telling their parents is that, well, your, your child is experiencing these different emotions. They don't know what gender they are, you know, psychological gender they are. So let's pause the puberty before all those changes take place, before they get breast or before they start having a menstrual cycle. 
um, before their voice changes to get deeper, if they're a boy, think, girl thinking they're a boy, let's pause that for a moment and let's give this some time so that the child will figure out who they are and then we'll take them off those drugs or, or and then respond to it. If, if they are a boy and they think they're a girl, we'll just take them, we'll, we'll give them some t- as estrogen, help them finish the process of transitioning. If they were wrong all along, if they were a boy, they thought they're a girl, but they realize, hey, they're a boy, okay, we'll just take them off those drugs and let them restart the puberty process at 17 years old, which is weird. Well, let's and be so, honest too, right? Let's let's be honest here. I mean, like if you put the the kid on on puberty blockers, I mean, it, you don't know who you are until you're like 30, 25. I mean, those are several <laughs> years, right? Adrian, you know, it's really sad. We we talk about these things and it's it's really heartbreaking. Uh, yesterday, I actually went to U of H campus uh, with the TFP, and we were pamphleting on the transgender issues and ten reasons why transgender ideology is harmful to the family. And I handed this this the flyer to this what I thought was a man. I handed it to him, and he grabs the flyer and he looks at me and he says, he says, "You gave this to the wrong person. I'm trans." And oh. and I I look at the person and. For a second, it really broke my heart because the person that I was speaking to, and I honestly don't, I, I, this isn't me trying to be mean. I legitimately looked at this person. I could not tell that the person was actually a girl. He looked like a man, but he looked not like, he looked like a, and then, like I said, I'm not trying to say this to be mean. He looked like a just really ugly man. He had his hair, his, like the poor guy or the girl, I guess, had a, the receding hairline and he's in college. He's like 23 years old, 22 years old, wow. receding hairline. His skin was very pale, yeah. uh, not very yeah. good skin. Um, he just looked like a yeah. sickly, a sickly boy, a sickly young man who looked like much older than he actually was. And I was, I realized that this happened to you. And I said, no, I'm, I'm happy now because I transitioned. I'm happy. And they're, they, and they're really upset and they're really angry. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't think you're happy. And this rate of suicide for transgender people is astronomical. And they responded saying, that's because people like you don't accept us and we're bullied and we're not accepted by the culture. And I was, and I told them, well, you know, suicide rates for transgender people stay the same after surgery. And not only that. But the rates of suicide are higher than blacks who are slaves and than Jews in the Holocaust. And you're saying that, that wow. transgender people are bullied more than them? Like that's that wow. I don't doesn't seem like that. It seems like this is a mental illness. Then they uh, got upset and walked off. But this is a it's so tragic. We talk about this in theory, but when you actually meet these people, it's such a tragedy. What do, what do, what do what say you, David O'Gray? Yeah, you and you touched on something very important. Just just like the. The medical effects, we can talk about psychological effects, the spiritual effects, um, some other effects. But, you know, if we just look at the medical effects, these puberty-blocking drugs, what we're finding out is that when they're given to biological girls and they come off of these, they stay on them for five years, you're not going to be able to have any children because you miss that natural biological process by which your fertility and all those things develop. So they're not, even the boys, they're not able to produce um, sperm and all these things that there is, it's damaging people. Um, it's, it's a form of eugenics, really. Mm. It's a, a, more, a more participation in just that LGBT movement, which is just really an expression of eugenics. They're encouraging people not to have children mm. in just the biological way. It's just antithetical to the type of, um, life that God created us for with complementary genders to bring forth life. 
on Earth. And I know you guys are having a conversation with, um, I think, the actor from Miami Vice, Don Johnson's coming on tomorrow, right? You're having a conversation with him about this? Yeah, yeah, hopefully okay. he'll be on. Um, yeah. And, and, and so, I mean, one thing we could touch on just as Catholics, like, you know, what, what, you know, why is this? What, you know, what's going on here? I'd like to touch on that just for a moment. That I think it's what, what um, Rudy said in the opening of the show, and it just, you know, people being affirmed in their, in their sin. I think that's what's going on. I really, I think people, I think all people, I think we, we desire to be affirmed in a thing that we yearn for, right? We desire to be affirmed in a thing that we yearn for. And we want our yearning, we always want our yearning to be validated, right? So I think in a healthy society, I think people yearn for God, right? Mm -hmm. And I think God consoles us. He gives us a gift of consolation at times, according to whatever we need. He affirms us in our desire to seek him out, whatever that may look like. Now, what does that look like in a society that is, Post-truth, post-God, a godless society. People are yearning for material things. They're yearning for wealth. They're yearning for just some strange validations. And so what's going on is that humans are validating humans in just naturalism, all right? Um, and, and so we're, we're, we're affirming and validating each other in just these uncritical emotions and desires that's just not reconciled. And, and, it's, and I think it's, it's man, it's just... It's just it's very damaging just on so many levels. And it's very accessible too. Like if you go on to, uh, I mean, the most egregious example that comes to mind is uh, TikTok, but you can also go on Instagram if you ever go on the Discover page. You know, there's all kinds of people that, that want to normalize all kinds of things, either from, like, for example, just being irrationally depressed to, uh, to you know, like, for example, I've run into posts that will be like, okay, well, today I just want to be depressed. It's like, that's not how depression works. Like, depression is more than just one day, right? I think you just want to lay down on the couch and you don't want to actually discuss what's going on in your life that's making you sad. I think yeah. there's, a, there's just like a shallow acceptance of, of people where they're at. And, and yeah, it's true yeah. that as Catholics, we have to meet people where they're at. There's no other way about it, right? I mean, we have to acknowledge them uh, just in that sort of situation that they're in. But we also have to push them to something more, right? Like we're not just uh, our, our – I hate to say it this way, but it's not just like the things that we're interested in that make us who we are. Because yeah. – I hate to say this because that's just how a lot of people view themselves these days. They have no idea that they're made in the image and likeness of God. Mm -hmm. And so they, they put on all of these different things like, oh, I watch this show and that's my personality. Or I like this thing and that's my personality. And that's not – it's just – it's so superficial and shallow. And when it comes to the medical thing that you, that you brought up, uh, David, the thing that's concerning about this is that now medicine is just fast-tracking this. So if your kid comes in yeah. and says, I, I don't identify as a boy anymore. I want to be a girl. The hospital's like, yeah, here you go. Here's the pill. Here you go. Do it. Yeah, in a, in a school, it's destruction. Like, take mm -hmm. your child away from you if you don't like affirm, <laughs> affirm them in that behavior. It's, I just don't know where we're, where, where we're headed with this. You know, here in Germany now, I just, I'm always, I, I shot, I'm shocked getting here. I know it's in a lot of cities. There's just all these pride, so-called pride flags flying everywhere on, oh, on wow. churches, government buildings, really? hotels. It's just this culture, just affirmation in a society that's 
you would think a society that, res- that was responsible through the Nazis, you know, eugenics, would yeah. just catch on to this, but they're not. And that's, that's just where we're at. Well, uh, let's, instead of inf- affirming these people where they're at in, in sin, in uh, precarious ideology, why not affirm them in God, in, in that image and likeness that we all have? Well, don't go away. We're going to play the game show with uh, Jesus Robles. Make sure to call right now. 1-877-757-9424. Call now for a chance to win this week's prize. 1-877-757-9424. My Protestant friends say the Catholic Church has added a lot of man-made traditions to the Word of God. Is that true? No, it's not true. Protestants go by the written Word of God alone or sacred scripture alone. Catholics go by the entire Word of God as it is found in sacred scripture and sacred tradition. All of the Word of God was originally passed down as oral tradition. Eventually, some of it was written down. This became sacred scripture or written tradition. However, scripture itself tells us that not all the things that Jesus said and did were written down. That's where sacred tradition comes in. Paul says this about tradition. 2 Thessalonians 2.15 So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by letter. Traditions taught by word of mouth and traditions taught by letter. Sacred scripture and sacred tradition. In 1 Corinthians 11.2, Paul commends them for maintaining the traditions as he has delivered them. Sacred scripture and sacred tradition. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. And what you have heard from me before many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is an instance in scripture of Paul commanding the passing on of oral tradition. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. They received as the word of God that which they heard, not simply that which they read in Scripture. In other words, the Bible clearly supports the Catholic Church's teaching that the word of God is contained in both sacred Scripture and sacred tradition. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now, your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Good morning, Catholic Drive Time on the air. And this is the moment for fear and trembling. My favorite part of the entire show and the reason why I breathe every day, the reason why I live, uh, the (laughs) fear and trembling. And right now, we are looking for a contestant that wants to win something awesome here in Catholic Radio. The number is 1-877-757-9424. 
Call right now. 1-877-757-9424. It doesn't matter where you're at. If you're in the northeast, deep, deep northeast, and you're enjoying of a little bit of a cool weather up there, it's time to call right now. 1-877-757-9424. If you're in the south east of the United States, you can also participate in this game show at one 877 579424 if you can call and win at 18777579424 we have some awesome uh prizes that we're giving away this week Amen. and yes and for that if you call right now 18777579424 you have a shot at that right Rudy that's absolutely right, Jesus. And uh, this week, we're giving away a wonderful rosary. It's handmade, and I dare say it's heirloom quality. It's made by the Luhan family. Thank you so much, Luhan family, for this wonderful rosary that we're giving away this week. Last week, they uh, gave us another one. This week, we're giving away the pair, uh, well, the, the, the one that came. It's a, this is a, a white marble rosary with a wonderful Our Lady of Mount Carmel centerpiece. And the corpus on this uh, on this rosary is fantastic. Heirloom quality, truly. So thank you again, Luhan family. But you can win this one this week. And I think we might have somebody on the phone in just a second here. Yes, and today I'm going to be asking the questions, Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, and, and the, fun thing, the fun thing that I love is that you don't have to know the answer if you're the contestant. Exactly. You don't have to know the answer. That is so true. R- Rudy or Adrian, they have to know the answer. And you know they're both sneaking. You know they're both <laughs> just like tricking. Are you going to arrest us if, if we tell you the wrong answer? I will arrest you oh, and I will hit man. you with my baton if I have. To, uh, so please, is yeah. it a plush baton? It's, it's actually no. It's a wood baton, and oh, I will wow. strike you really hard. So <laughs> the puppet please. has a wooden baton. <laughs> I have a wooden baton. So you know, this is this is awesome. I'm going to be asking the questions this morning. So please, uh, I think I have a friend on the line. His name is is Danny. Yes, yeah, Danny yeah. and his Hello? and her yeah. and her son. Oh, Danny. Okay, Danny and Hayden on the line. Hi, thirteen year old. Where are you calling from? Good morning. Good morning. We're calling from New Braunfels, Texas. New Braunfels, Texas! I like New Braunfels. I've got some rivers right there. It's cold. The water's so cold. But yeah, I love going over there. And then there's a college and university. It's a party town over there in New Braunfels. I remember when I was partying over there, Adrian, I was like 20, 20 years old, and I used to party in New Braunfels. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I remember that long Back time in ago. the day. Yes. So, are, do you know how to play this game? Yes, we do. Okay, all right. So let's get <laughs> let's get on. Let's get on with it. Who do you think is more sneaky? Is it Adrian Fonseca or is it Rudy Carlos? Uh, Rudy. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah what? I, That's what I like to hear. Yeah. No. Actually, yes. And I'm gonna hit him with the baton after this. But yep. So let's let's start with the So let's start with the game Not as again. as if it's tradition Not here. Again. It's approved by the Pontifical Council. So with Rudy, Rudy. Here is the question that we're going to have for you. Yes. What famous 15th century Italian Catholic artist painted the birth of Venus Ah. and completed three frescoes in the Sistine Chapel? Okay. Mm. All right. We're talking about the Sistine Chapel here. Mm -hmm. We're talking about artwork. I'm an artist myself. And uh, that was painted by this one guy. His name is Da Vinci. Da Vinci. Da Vinci. 
Yeah, Binky? Hmm. The Binky, yeah. I'm just a puppet, but I'm not familiar with that name. Maybe maybe that's going to be oh, a clue. You might have known him as Da Vinci. Da Vinci? Oh. Okay. Some people call him Da Vinci. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go to Adrian, my friend Adrian. What famous 15th century Italian Catholic artist painted the birth of Venice and completed three frescoes in the Sistine Chapel? Well, yes. Well, you know, as someone who uh, personally identifies as a uh, PhD in Venice or or Venology? Venus. And Venus, <laughs> yeah, and venealogy, yeah, yeah, venealogy, <laughs> of course. The the 15th century Italian Catholic artist who painted the birth of Venus and completed three frescoes in the Sistine Chapel is Neching Sandro Botticelli. Sandro what? Botticelli. Did you cough? Sandro Botticelli. Well, the you gotta, say, you gotta say it with your hand motions like this. Yeah, yeah, Botticelli. It makes it Italian. Botticelli. So the wise one has spoken. Yeah, the truthful one has spoken. Adrian Fonseca says Mr. Botticelli. And then uh, Mr. Rudy Carlos says it's Da Vinci. So what say you, me, Danny, and Hayden? Is it Rudy? Rudy. Rudy? Hmm. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh! Mr. Rudy Carlos, the tricky. Oh, boy. I, 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 said I guess was, I am. That's why Adrian's our favorite. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and that's why I said Adrian the Wise. Adrian the Wise. All right, all right. So true, so true. That's okay, that's okay. You're still going to have a chance to get into this cup, coffee cup of divine providence. And let's go to the next question. Let's see if you get there. Here we go. Is a layman eligible to be elected pope? Is a layman eligible to be elected pope? Well, yes. Specifically, a layman, hmm. not a laywoman. A layman. A layman can be elected pope, ah. and they just make him a priest, they make him a bishop if he's elected. Just like that, really quick. So hopefully they're going to elect me. I think yeah. so. Well, I think okay. That's what's going to happen next. Well, you, you are electable, so let's go to Rudy Fonseca. Rudy, Rudy Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I got no brain. Rudy Carlos. My Strong answer man. is no, and I, no. Hope, I hope that hmm. we never have... Pope Adrian the first. Maybe Pope Adrian the fourth, oh, actually. The fourth. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. And you know what? It would be actually King Adrian. So true, King, yeah. King Adrian. So true. So we were making the pontiff and the king. So what say you on this? Uh, Rudy Carlos says uh, no, and Adrian Fonseca says yes. What say you, Danny um, and Hayden? I say no. Oh my God, no. You want to change? You want to change it? Yes, yes. Yes. She said yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, good. Yes. Hate is back there. He's like, Mom, I said yes. You got to listen to your son, Chingodita. You got to listen to your son, okay? Yeah. All right. Get out of the river, please, because it's cold right now. Get out of that river. All right. So let's go to the third question really quick here. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, so now we're going to go back to Rudy Carlos, a sneaky one, okay? It says, is justice one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Is justice one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Uh, what say you, Mr. Sneaky Rudy? No, I'm going to say no, because no? I hmm. am justice. Hmm, you're, okay, all you right. You are justice. I am justice. No, you are weird. That's what you are. <laughs> so, now let's go to my friend, the wise one, the all-knowledgeable one, Mr. Adrian Fonseca. Is justice one of the fruits 
of the Holy Spirit. Let's see. Well, justice, that's one of the four cardinal virtues. Hmm. However, I think it's also one of the fruits as well. So I'm going to go with yes. It's both. It's hmm. both. It's two things. So it's, 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 uh, is it yes? Is it no? I'm going to go with yes. So uh, here, uh, Adrian Fonseca says yes. Rudy says no. What say you, <laughs> Senor? Adrian, wow. Adrian, okay, okay, that's it, that's it, that's it. That was bad. <laughs> oh, no, he said Adrian. No, oh, the answer is right. no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> Justice is uh, is one of the virtues, but it's not one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. I gotta hold on to this microphone right here. I can't, I can't sustain oh, myself. I just want to say for the record, I didn't pick the answers. <laughs> I'm not the tricky one. I didn't pick the questions. It was. It was Paulie Chicho. Well, that was it. actually your trickiness, okay? It was, it was your trickiness. I, I'm, so, I'm so sorry, but you are in the cup of divine providence. I am going to be putting your name here in the cup, okay? All right? And I, and I want you to invite me to New Braunfels one of these days so I can go and get in the in the river with you. Maybe get in a little floater. Maybe visit the school that's right there and just have a good time. Yeah. Hayden, what school do you go to? Churchill. Churchill. Uh, middle school. Churchill Middle School. What's your favorite subject? Algebra one. Algebra one. Yeah, algebra. We got a, we got hey, a mathematician over here. I got a math here. question for you. No, oh, just kidding. oh no, no, no. <laughs> See, I, I I study theology, and we're really bad at math and theology. We do uh, one plus one plus one equals one. You know the whole that's trinity. True. That's true. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that, that's that's kind of the math we do in the theology. Same thing. You know, two natures. And that's a one, but one person in, in Christ, a two plus is one. You know, it's, it's really weird. You know, when you get into theology, uh, okay. algebra, we kind of just take that and we kind of dump it out. Yeah. True. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in a confusion already. <laughs> Throw a okay. couple X's and Y's in there. And Why? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> There's this, this hilarious video I saw. It was like X communicated where you find the X and we communicate it to you. Well, in any case, right. you are yep. in the coffee cup of divine providence. Uh, tune in again on Friday to, to see if uh, maybe we draw your name. It's possible. And uh, Stay we, on the line. Yeah. Thank you so much for playing with us. Stay on the line for just a few minutes and uh, we're going to get your information there. But in any case, that's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. We appreciate you listening to the Guadalupe Radio Network and stay tuned. Uh, maybe on the social feeds, if you'd like to join us for our after show, we're going to go off of air and we're going to let our, our tie down. We're going to let our hair down a little bit and we're gonna just going to, you know, shoot the breeze here on Catholic Drive Time on the after show. Thanks again. God bless you and Mary keep you. We will see you tomorrow. Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi. We offer this Mass for all of our online viewers and all those listening to Guadalupe Radio Network. We celebrate today the memorial of St. John de Brebeuf and St. Isaac Jogues and Companions. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim, till all the world adore his sacred name. Come, brethren, follow where our captain trod our King victorious, Christ the Son of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who chose to manifest the blessed hope of your eternal kingdom by the toil of Saints John de Berbeuf, Isaac Jogues, and their companions, and by the shedding of their blood, graciously grant that through their intercession the faith of Christians may be strengthened day by day. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit, namely that the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly earlier. When you read this, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to human beings in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this I became a minister by the gift of God's grace that was granted me in accord with the exercise of his power. To me, the very least of all the holy ones, this grace was given, to preach to the Gentiles the inscrutable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for all 
what is the plan of the mystery hidden from ages past in God who created all things, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the principalities and authorities in the heavens. This was according to the eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness of speech and confidence of access through faith in him. The word of the Lord. You will draw water joyfully from the springs of salvation. God indeed is my Savior. I am confident and unafraid. My strength and my courage is the Lord, and He has been my Savior. With joy you will draw water at the fountain of salvation. You will draw water joyfully from the springs of salvation. Give thanks to the Lord, acclaim His name. Among the nations make known his deeds. Proclaim how exalted is his name. You will draw water joyfully from the springs of salvation. Sing praise to the Lord for his glorious achievement. Let this be known throughout all the earth. Shout with exultation, O city of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. You will draw water joyfully from the springs of salvation. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Stay awake, for you do not know when the Son of Man will come. Alleluia. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have left his house be broken into. You also must be prepared. For at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward, whom the Master will put in charge of his servants, to distribute the food allowance at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his Master on arrival finds doing so. Truly I say to you, he will put him in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the men-servants and maid-servants, to eat and drink and get drunk, then that servant's master will come, on an unexpected day, at an unknown hour, and will punish the servant severely, and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will, but did not make preparations, nor act in accord with his will, shall be beaten severely and the servant who was ignorant of his master's will, but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating, shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
I remember my first assignment at a remote, far-flung area. It was a little island of Rapu Rapu in the Philippines where there was no electricity and life is on the island was very simple. And it was a, a little uh, island in the, the Legaspi Bay of the Bicol region of Luzon, eight hours south of Manila. And my superior said, for God so loved Rapu Rapu, that they sent Father Sam. <laughs> and God so loved Father Sam that he gave them the people of Rapu Rapu. You see, in the stewardship of God's grace, uh, God entrusts the preaching and, the, and, the, and the, the catechesis to you, to a disciple. Uh, if you're a disciple of Christ, he's entrusting his disciples to you. father you have to uh you know take care of them and at the end of your life god is going to cast, ask you that rather ominous question what did you do with my babies that i lent you for a time and you have to raise your children with the faith and, and raise them especially teaching them how to love and to forgive and the, the the essential parts of the gospel um but sometimes god would give you a people if you're doing catechesis or you're doing uh, any kind of evangelization God is entrusting you with those people in the stewardship of God's grace, like St. Paul is talking. And for this, God equips you with the necessary tools to do that. But the most important tool to serve and to teach Christ is charity. And charity keeps you awake. It's the one thing that keeps you alive, that you don't miss what is going on with your people, that you're able to listen to them with what they're saying with one ear and with the other ear, listen to what they're not saying, listen to their heart and to really contemplate God in them. And that's the charity that gives you the eagerness, the firmness of conviction and the strength to be untiringly uh, faithful to Jesus in that situation. And that is a beautiful thing. St. Isaac Jogues loved the, the, the Hurons and the, the Ojibwe so much that after he was tortured by the Mohawks, they cut, they bit off of his thumbs, that he made a special petition to return to, to, from when he was in France, to return to celebrate Mass without his thumbs. And because he had so much courage and so much, uh, you know, he, he, he was just a, a warrior, uh, the 7,000 Hurons converted. And because they, they saw... This is a truly great man, and he is a, a man of profound, real, real love and real courage. May the, the courage of the North American martyrs help us, and may their intercession, may they pray for us that we can be truly courageous in proclaiming the fullness of the gospel to the people that God has given us. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church that it may be on fire with the Holy Spirit, and that God may raise up saints of our generation. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for our Holy Father, O bishops and priests, that may be zealous with the gospel. We pray to the Lord. We pray for government leaders, that they may not obstruct Christ. We pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor. We pray for all those who have not 
heard of Jesus, those who do not know God, and especially those who do not want to know God. And that may God may give us the courage and the wisdom to preach the gospel the best way possible for the greatest fruitfulness. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord we pray for all of our beloved dead that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us, for we make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ, and through the powerful intercession of our blessed Mother Mary, so we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Jesus, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Spirit, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Trinity, we adore you. Lay our lives before you, how we love you. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. As we venerate the passion of your martyrs, St. John de Berbeuf and St. Isaac Jodes and companions, grant that through this sacrifice, O Lord, we may proclaim worthily the death of your only begotten Son, who, not content with encouraging the martyrs by word, strengthened them likewise by example, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you are glorified when your saints are praised, that their very sufferings are but wonders of your might. In your mercy you give ardor to their faith, to their endurance you grant firm resolve, and in their struggle the victory is yours, through Christ our Lord. Therefore all creatures of heaven and earth sing a new song in adoration, and we with all the host of angels Cry out, and without end we acclaim. Os Sanctus Dominus Deus Abahoth, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Osanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, O Sahana, 
in You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with this Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with Saint Isaac Job, Saint John de Brebeuf and companions, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant, Francis, our Pope, Michael, our Bishop, the Order of Bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you summoned before you in your compassion, O merciful Father. Gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. 
Grow him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Conceptus salutaribus moniti et divin institutioni formati, audehemus dicere, Pater Noster, qui es in Cetis, sanctifice tuum nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cielo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et emite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnustehi, qui tolis peccatam mundi, miserere nobis. Agnustehi, Vitolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, vitolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter. But only say, Communion Antiphon. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there. 
and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. O worship the King, all glorious above, O gratefully sing His power and His love. Our shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. O tell of his might, O sing of his grace, whose robe is the light, whose canopy space, his chariots of wrath, the deep thunder clouds form. And dark is his path on the wings of the storm. The earth with its store of wonders untold, Almighty thy power that found it of old, Hath established it fast by a changeless decree, And round it hath cast like a mantle the sea. Thy bountiful care, what tongue can recite? It breathes in the air, it shines in the light. It streams from the hills, it descends to the plain, and sweetly distills in the dew and the rain. Frail children of dust, and feeble as frail, in thee do we trust, nor find thee to fail. Thy mercies, how tender, how firm to the end, our Maker, Defender, Redeemer, and Friend. O worship the King, all glorious above, O gratefully sing His power and His love. Our shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. Let us pray. Having fed upon heavenly delights, we humbly ask you, O Lord, that by the example of St. Isaac Jobes and St. John de Baruff and companions, we may bear in our hearts the marks of your Son's charity and suffering, and ever enjoy the fruit of perpetual peace. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in the peace of Christ. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Ducedo, Expes Nostra Sahave, Adeclamamus, Exules Filii Efe, Adesusperamus, Gementes et Flentes, in hoc lacrimarum vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, illos tuos, misericordes oculos, 
ad nos converte. Et Jesum, benedictum fructum ventris tui, nobis post hoc exilium ostende. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hi, this is Kim. This is Courage. And this is 